program. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Barfield, Ward Whites, and uh, Aaron Sexton. We're glad you're with us. Drive safely as you make your way home. Our 5 o'clock hour this afternoon is brought to you by Versalift Southwest, a time manufacturing company currently hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. All openings start at 17 bucks an hour, and you can apply at 7601 Imperial Drive. Cowboys win yesterday. Uh, on a dr- dramatic field goal at the end of the football game. And we're joined now by Calvin Watkins from the uh, Dallas Morning News. Calvin, first of all, good afternoon. Appreciate your time. Uh, what a crazy ending to that football game. Your thoughts on the last 40 seconds of that football game? Uh, I thought they screwed it up. But then once. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. We, we, we might not be talking right now. I'll be busy. Uh, <laughs> no, I thought they screwed it up, but then Mike said the the, the play clock disappeared on them, and, and then Kellen couldn't see the clock because the, you know they had those the, the big TV cameras that broadcast the games that got in the way, and so there was all kind of confusion. And and then Bones, Foster, special teams coach, was like, "We can kick fifty six yarder, no problem, no big deal." And so they said, okay, we got 17 seconds left. And they said, all right, we're going to kick the field goal. And, and then before that, on the, on the play call to Pollard, Kellen told us today he made a bad decision on that play call. And Pollard probably should have kept running off the edge um, to try to get out of bounds. But he, I think he cut it inside of us. I think that's what happened. So much happened there. and it, But they won, so that's all that matters. It was ugly, but, hey, that all you want to do is win the ball game. That's what happened. Yeah, and we were talking about that. I, I, only thing I thought was somebody, there's 14 mm-hmm. people with a headset on. Somebody can tell him how much time's <laughs> left in the damn game. Right. He did say that, like, I guess the two people in that situation that need to know the clock on the field are McCarthy and, and Kellen Moore. So, so McCarthy's looking at the clock on the field. And, yes, someone up in the box, because the ghost coach is not coming down yet because, you know, you might go to overtime, so those guys are still in the box. So someone should have said, Coach, no, you got 30 seconds left or whatever. I think it was 33 seconds. 33, yep. Started. Yep. Right. So someone should, in the box said, no, Coach, you got 25 seconds, you're good. But no one did. And then Kellen, he's looking at the clock too, and then he gets blocked off. And then, and then McCarthy said he looked at another – clock and found it but by that time it was too late so they had to kick the field goal so yes i don't know why someone up in the box didn't say coach what, what the hell are you doing i mean <laughs> get run a play let's go we got some time here but no one did so but it ended up working out at, at what and i know that won the game with the field goal but at what point mm-hmm. is special teams going to become if they continue to be what they are right now going to become a liability by taking so many chances on special teams for this football team you know, it's interesting you, you asked me that because uh, we talked to uh, John Fossil about why don't you go for the block punt? I said, you know, what was the thought process? Mm-hmm. And he said, Cowboys fans want us to take risks, so that's why I did it. <laughs> and at first, I, that's what he said. And at first, I thought he was joking, to be honest with you. But then, you know, because I asked him the question. And then Todd Archer, who was ESPN, he asked the same, basically the same question to make sure that he heard the same thing I heard. <laughs> And Bones Foster was like, no, our fans want us to go for it. That's what we're going to do. I think we're about then, to ask you the same question to make sure we're getting the same <laughs> answer. I mean, are you kidding me already? No, no. Like, uh, whenever they post the audio of it, 
I want you guys to listen to it and tell me what you think. Trust me, we will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's crazy. And, and and I thought he was joking at first about it, but no, that's how he, he really feels. And then someone asked him about, well, do you talk to McCarthy about these chances? He says, no, I just make the call. And wow. I'm just thinking, so you don't talk to the head coach and say, hey, coach, we're going to try to block this punt. He goes, no, we're just, you know, it's just, so I guess, you know, it's wow. interesting because when you're the offensive coordinator or the defensive coordinator, you you do what you do, you know, unless you're the head coach and you call the plays on either side of the ball. But usually, Keller Ball's going to call his play, and that's that. And uh, Dan Quinn's going to call his play, and that's that. With special teams, you you know, I guess the average person doesn't think that they're calling plays. You know, uh, they might say, okay, we're going to call, we're going to tell CD. We want to return here, or they put such a uh, they put Tony Pollard out there. They're going to say you need to do a fair catch, something like that. Um, you know, if you see a certain number of people in the box on a, on a punt, you might fake it. You know, but you know some of those things you, you want to make sure you talk to the head coach because it flips the field. You know, it's field position. And um, but you know, John Fossil's got the autonomy to do what he wants. So. God bless him. I get it. Wow. If, you, if, you're, if you're going return left or return right, you may not ask the head coach. But if you're going to try to block a punt. Or fake. Wow. I mean, that is interesting to say the least. Uh, talk a little bit about Tony Pollard and just what he has done. Uh, I mean, this, this guy's special right now. Special. Yeah, Tony's done pretty good. Uh, I think we, we always kind of knew this coming in here, but. But Zeke Elliott is the, the $90 million guy, so he's getting the ball. But now you're starting to see Pollard really uh, excel here. And it's a good little one-two punch. Um, I think Zeke had 44 snaps in that game, and Pollard might have had 22, 23, something like that. And they were very efficient. I mean, Pollard had like two runs over 20-plus yards, had a very good football game. Um, they went to him in the fourth quarter. He was fresh. Zeke was fresh as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Pollard was like this at Memphis, if you guys remember when he came out. Because remember, there was another guy at Memphis that was uh, the bad the, the bad mofo there, you know, Henderson. And uh, and Pollard was like the number two guy. And even in high school, Pollard was the number two guy. But for some reason, he, he got a Division one scholarship, and he's the number two guy at Memphis. And for some reason, he gets drafted in the NFL. And here he is in the NFL, and he's the number two guy, and he's excelling. So, um, I'm, I'm happy for him. He's a good kid, and the Cowboys do need that one-two punch in Zeke and, and Tony Pollard. When you look at what this defense was able to do yesterday against the Chargers, and I know the Chargers shot themselves in the foot a couple of times, but overall, this defense that Dan Quinn has got believing in themselves and flying to the football, how much more confident is this defense for the Cowboys? Uh, you know, I was very concerned about the defense going to this game because they didn't have uh, DeMarcus Lawrence and they didn't have uh, your boy Randy Gregory. But you know what? They they, they, they showed me something uh, yesterday. Uh, Michael Parsons was all over the field, had him at defensive end, and, and, and he did a, a, a heck of a job there. Uh, Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator, he, he has what they call big a, a three-safety package. He calls it the big safety, where he'll put two three safeties on the field one particular safety will cover the tight end. In this case, playing against um, the Chargers, it was Jared Cook. So because he felt like that safety was better suited to cover a tight end in comparison to Vanderish and uh, Jalen Smith. And then you had your two other safeties, you know, playing your traditional one to free, one to strong. 
So he had three safeties on the field. That did a really nice job. Parsons was fantastic. Uh, your boy uh, Trayvon Diggs was just – he's looking like an elite corner right now. And uh, so it ended up working out. And, you know, who, you know, I'm sure all of us thought this would have been like a, a game in the 70s, you know, combined. You know, because, you know, you're looking at betting slips, not that I bet, but my uncle does, and he's like, hey, this is an over, this is an over, this is an over. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you might be right, unk. And it was under, and and a lot of that had to do with the defense. Is that more the cover four, what he was utilizing yesterday? It looked like cover four with the two safeties back deep and, and utilizing those. Is that just because of what they had offensively, or could we expect more of that going forward? Uh, maybe so, um, but you're right. Uh, I think it's it's a matchup based. Is you know, like Tampa had Gronkowski, mm-hmm. but they didn't they didn't use it. You know, they instead they had Micah trying to cover him, and, and that was disastrous. So then they decided, you know, what, let's put a traditional safety there. That's got the length, Javon Curse. Let's put him out there, and that's what they did. Um, the next week, it was like Urs from Philly. He, he, I think he got COVID, so he might not play Monday night. Who knows? But I think each week it's going to be something different with the packages, and I think that gives the Cowboys a little bit of an advantage because it would be harder for offenses to scheme against them. Talking with Calvin Watkins from uh, the, the uh, Dallas Morning News. Calvin, you, you mentioned Micah Parsons and, and what he was able to do yesterday. Could you see this being a permanent move? I, I know that you know we, we've got several weeks without – Demarcus Lawrence, but as well as he played out on that edge, could that be a permanent situation? Uh, Dan Quinn was asked that, and he was kind of like, nah, not really. We kind of like Mike as a linebacker. That's what he is. You know, and Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence are your defensive ends, and you will get them back at some point. I don't think Mike can be a full-time defensive end because I don't think he's big enough. Like, when you look at Joey Bosa, uh, that's that's a defensive end who could also stand up and rush from out as an outside linebacker sometimes. But Micah, I think you want to keep him in, in, in a versatile role, defensive end, outside linebacker, middle linebacker. And it is harder for offenses to kind of contain him in that, in that manner. And imagine you have Parsons, Lawrence, Gregory rushing the passer and – you know, we won't see that until maybe later in the year mm. when Lawrence comes back. But you got a pretty good defense going. And especially when Parsons gets better as a pass rusher, he looked fantastic yesterday. But Quinn said no. He doesn't want to put him there full time. He likes the versatility with, with Parsons. And his other thing, they got some linebackers who might not be here next year, Vanderish and, and Smith. So you need a linebacker, and that's Michael Parsons. But for right now, the versatility helps them. How is the health of Amari Cooper today? Uh, he's got bruised ribs, and uh, they're not going to really practice on Wednesday because, it, you know, they're playing Monday night, so things got pushed back at a day. So, um, uh, the bruised, uh, I think he, he got hurt in week one, to be honest with you. That's what McCarthy said. He got hurt in week one a little bit. And then he made that catch at the end of the game, that little slant on the last drive, and I think it really – uh, affected him then again, bothered him again. So right now it's so early to tell. But if he doesn't practice Wednesday, I wouldn't have an alarm because they have a Monday night game, so he has that extra day to get ready. Calvin was uh, in, in. It certainly we could see on television that there was plenty of Cowboy fans there. But at times it seemed like that was a pro Dallas crowd in in that stadium. 
Oh, yeah. You know, the funny thing is, L.A. is a Laker town, right, and a Dodger town. When it comes to football, they'll take the Rams over the Chargers. The Chargers are in San Diego. You know, that's, that's – and, and they don't have a lot of fans. The fan base is very small in Los Angeles. So there were a ton of Cowboys fans in that stadium. Um, Terrence Steele played right tackle yesterday. He said, we didn't need a silent count, you know, and um, <laughs> because Cowboys fans, I mean, Cowboys fans, one thing they'll do, they will buy their tickets, airline tickets and plane, the airline tickets and their, and their game tickets because they want to support their team. I would say the Cowboys have probably one of the best fan bases in terms of traveling in the NFL. Green Bay travels, Pittsburgh travels, but, man, the Cowboys, is unbelievable how, how their fans travel. What did you feel about the mix of run and pass yesterday, Kellen Moore calling the game overall? Uh, I really liked it. Because um, remember the first week they played Tampa, and I'm sure you guys are like, it's on the ball over the field. Mm-hmm. And then now they have got to run past balance. And the interesting thing that Kellen Moore said was, hey, if the game – dictates that we got to throw it 80 times, that's what we're going to do. If you get mad, you get mad. I don't care. I'm trying to win the ball game. But if there's a game that comes to them where they have to run the ball 25 times, so be it. We'll run it 25 times. Whatever it takes to win this game, that's what they're going to do. And that's okay. In that particular game, I'm sure you guys saw it, the Chargers had two safeties deep, so they're saying we're taking away the deep ball because that's what they did in the first week against Tampa. So they're taking that away. We're going to let you throw it underneath. Um, we're not gonna. We're gonna give it a light box because they didn't stack the box like Tampa did. So you didn't have eight in the box. So they said, okay, let's run the ball, and they ran away from Joey Bosa, who was lined up against Steele, uh, you know, a right tackle. So they ran away from uh, Bosa, and then when Bosa flipped to the other side, they said, okay, you're going to be against Tyron Smith. We're still running by you, you know. So that was the game plan, and they had a. They set the tone very early. Uh, they had three possessions in that first quarter. It was a really good game plan. So. I think you make the adjustments week to week. makes it harder for defenses to defend you, but that's what you have to do to win. And by the way, I would imagine, I don't know if you guys get the grades or anything, I would imagine Steele graded out really well. He he played a heck of a good football game yesterday. Yeah, he did. Uh, he, yeah, I, I watched him a lot. Uh, it's hard to watch the offensive line for, you know, three hours, but uh, I did watch him a little bit more than I normally would have. He did a nice job on Bolsa. He had some help from Zach Martin, but for the majority of the time, it was him one-on-one with uh, Joey Bosa, and he, and he held his own. A couple of times he did some stunts, and, he, and, and Bosa got through, but no, uh, McCarthy said he, he graded out really well. And if he continues to play well for the next four more weeks until Lyle Collins comes back, you have to think about, do we want Lyle Collins to come back in 2022? You know, because you got this young kid, the second-year player, who is getting valuable playing time right now. So, uh, as long as he keeps moving in the right direction, he should be fine. I know we talked about Micah Parsons and what he was able to do in that football game, and that's because of what was dictated and what they were running on the defensive scheme of things. But do you hold your breath as much as I do every time I watch Jalen Smith drop back in coverage? <laughs> yeah, that's not his. That's not his best strength. But um, you know what? Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Um, and the problem I have with Jalen. It's not really a problem. It's just physically he can't do it anymore. And it's not because he's old. It's, you know, you guys know, he had that severe injury at Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. And he was a a top five pick, right? I think he was, right? He would have been. Mm -hmm. And now he goes, and and if the Cowboys didn't draft him, who knows if he would have got drafted at all? 
So he doesn't have that lateral movement that he should have um, to cover tight ends. And that's why you got Micah Parsons out there. Uh, but I just thought Jalen did play a good game yesterday. But it does worry me when you get him when you get Jalen in space sometimes. Even though he did a couple of open field tackles yesterday in that game. But long long term, I don't know if you can depend on him, especially in the passing game. It comes to somebody. Hey Calvin, man, we uh, we appreciate your time. Thanks for the uh, the great insight on the on the on the game yesterday. We uh, we look forward to visiting with you again soon. Same to you, guys. Uh, let's talk soon. All right, sounds good. Calvin Watkins from the Dallas Morning News.